You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. All righty, hi ho and uh, glad you could be with us tonight. This is uh, going to be our roundtable for uh, the, the for this week. Now, uh, we haven't been mentioning this, but you remember how we took off for Thanksgiving week? Well, we're going to be doing the same thing for Christmas week. Uh, what's, what's the joke? Just in time for Christmas? So you can <laughs> experience 100% of your family uh, 100% of the time and not uh, sneak off to a, a quiet room and listen to the Jeep Talk Show. Well, you still can. There's over 500 episodes, almost 550 episodes that you can uh, go back and listen to. So uh, we uh, I mentioned this uh, last week. I'm going to mention it again. All of the honor badges or trail-rated style badges have uh, have gone out. I've been getting reports of them being received across the country. Uh, and this includes uh, those of you that ordered the Rat Bastard toe tags. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, you can go over to the JeepTalkShow.com website and go up to the store. And for uh, we we've calculated it costs about eight bucks for us to to do and mail about twenty of those uh, toe tags out. And uh, there's instructions there on how to order the uh, little rats that you attach to these uh, cards. And the idea is stolen directly from the Duck Jeep people. <laughs> you you put the uh, the little rat on the card, and then you put the card on the Jeep, and we call that infecting the Jeep. And the people that do it, we call them infectious agents. I know they were very very bright how we come up with these things. So you, instead of ducking a Jeep, you can go over there and uh, infect a Jeep with a dirty, filthy rat, and uh, call people rat bastards. And strangely enough, nobody's been shot, nobody's been assaulted. They all seem to think it's pretty fun and uh, really like it. So if you'd like to become an infectious agent and infect Jeeps uh, across the country, all you got to do is go over to JeepTalkShow.com, uh, look at the store, and for eight bucks, you get uh, twenty toe tags. And uh, I believe that the I believe Amazon's charging uh, uh, ten dollars for a bag of rats. And uh, <laughs> there's nothing better to say in this world than have you received your bag of rats yet. So please help us grow the show, you know, as uh, the Jeep Talk Show completes its 11th year. Yes, 11 years doing this. It's crazy. Uh, please take a moment and uh, let your Internet friends, because we know how real friends and Internet friends are. There's a bunch more Internet friends. Uh, let them know about the show. The uh, episodes are available on Spotify, iHeart uh, Radio, uh, Amazon Echo, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and even right on our own website, JeepTalkShow.com. Uh, oh, and our show notes are there also. So we always talk about, you can see this in the show notes. Well, that's where they are, JeepTalkShow.com. If you're a regular listener to the Jeep Talk Show, you already know about our Campfire Side Chat segment that we've done for several years on our, our main episodes. Well, we enjoyed interacting with our listeners so much, we came up with a way to have you join in for the entire show, and we call that the JTS Roundtable. Uh, and that's what you're listening to right now. Hint, hint. Uh, everyone is invited to our roundtable to join this Connect using our Zoom uh, meeting. You can uh, get the link information each week by subscribing to our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you'll scroll on down there. You'll see a mention about the newsletter. Just put in your email address, and you'll be signed up. And We only send, it, uh, send out one, and sometimes not even that, emails a week. We now join the Zoom meeting already in progress, and please believe me, they, they're just yapping all the time. The only time they can't chat as much is on uh, 
uh, roundtable night for the campfire side chat segment on Thursday. It's it's a good hour or so where they're just having their own uh, having their own fun, their own conversations, and as it should be. So please keep in mind what what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong and may not or uh, may or may not reflect the opinions of the Jeep Talk Show. So the first thing I want to do is uh, welcome uh, Todd Bacon. Uh, I mean, the, the name itself is very inviting. It's a, a good breakfast name. Uh, he's from offroading101.com. And if you follow the Jeep Talk Show very much, you know that's where I and my uh, oldest son went this past weekend. We uh, went up to Bryan uh, College Station area and attended the uh, the 101 class. And just because it says offroading101.com doesn't mean they only teach the beginning stuff. So, uh, Todd, tell people something about uh, Offroading 101, and, and thank you. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for acknowledging me with my name. You know, <laughs> I am the ham of the family, and I'm not just working fun at it, my name either. <laughs> Stump bump. Okay, that's out of the way now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a little bit about Offroading 101. Just uh, I'll give you a real high-level overview. Uh, started it uh, in 2019 this year and really decided to, change up how off-roading 101 classes have been done and we take people that have never been off-road before never been in four-wheel drive before very apprehensive about going out and worried about doing damage to their rig and not knowing what can do and we take them through a series of obstacles that uh, not only educate them on the who what when where how and why but uh, it also builds their confidence level up and in the first level class that we do i can take somebody that hasn't ever been in four-wheel drive before. And by the end of the class, we're, we've built the trust up with them that they're running over three small SUVs at the end of the class, which, Tony, you did fantastic on as well. Thank you. I told everybody that uh, here was a picture of uh, the, the Gladiator getting up on the stuff, and I told them I got so scared I, I had to back down. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's exactly what happened. Not, I think not, you did pretty well. Not exactly, but it is it is kind of nerve-wracking because – it's you know if you come down or coming up on an obstacle that that uh, raises you up high or, or uh, you're going up and over something that's high, you have that moment where you can't see anything in front of you. you you're just hoping your spotter uh, is uh, telling you the right thing. You're hoping there's actually ground on the other side. And if you think about getting up on those uh, those three SUVs, imagine that all the way around you. Because it's completely, you can't see anything out of your vehicle unless you lean out of it to see uh, where the ground is or where you're on. So it's it's something good to to learn because you never know when you may be in a situation like that <coughs> where you just have to go through something like that and trust your training. Yeah, and it's we've had multiple people uh, where they've gotten to the entrance to that, and we've had to pretty much just have them put it in park, walk up to them, talk to them, calm them down, tell them to breathe a little bit because it. Uh, they're extremely apprehensive when they get there. And then once they get up to the top, it's just like you can see this emotion, uh, raw emotion coming out going, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. And then they're looking down and like, okay, I think I'm ready to get down now. <laughs> well, I mean, that's really what it's all about is getting out there and getting used to those feelings. We're from, from young children, we are used to being in vehicles traveling very fast. Could you imagine that if you had taken somebody that came over to uh, came over from the East Coast to the Central and uh, West Coast in a, in a wagon that took 30 days to go across the country, if you just pulled them out of one of those wagons and th- threw them in a vehicle doing uh, 60 miles an hour, uh, just mere five, six feet away from another vehicle going absolutely the same speed, the opposite direction, you'd scare the holy crap out of them. 
but we, we we're used to that uh, from uh, from a very small uh, age or for a very young age. So this is kind of what the training does for you. It gets you used to those things. You basically you know you're going to live. Exactly right. It's it, again, it's just a confidence booster because uh, I think I said stated this before. You know, any stock rig off the lot is extremely oh, yes. capable. Well, you know, and it's the, any the stock first any stock Jeep. Let's put it that way. I don't know about the rest of them. Okay. Well, okay. Stock Jeep. We'll, we'll talk Jeep tonight. So stock it, Jeeps are well, way, to, way, way capable. To, to that point, Todd, really enjoyed the interview as well. And uh, we, we bash the Bronco a lot on the uh, Jeep Talks Roundtable, or at least we like to. But you mentioned Subaru in the interview, and I thought maybe can you give us some, some things to throw at the Subaru guys or make more fun <laughs> of the Subaru guys? Um, absolutely. Uh, not one has completed my course. How's that? <laughs> Not Good because no Subarus have signed up. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> you know, it's always in, it's all in how you tell a story. Don't forget. You yes, know? So yes. I've not had one Subaru complete the course. <laughs> okay, what about Land Rover? Let's keep going down the list. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we did have a Lexus. Was it a GS460, I believe? Yeah, it's like a forerunner. Yep. I, I think, think we, did extremely uh, well. Didn't we share a picture in the the Discord server of uh, Alexis out there at Hidden Falls? Somebody somebody sent that someplace, and I think I shared it with you guys. Oh yeah, I think I sent that to you as well. He was getting after it though. He wasn't taking it easy. Well, it's like I've said before. I, I've read that uh, you can wheel anything as long as you don't care what happens to the vehicle in the process. Um, <laughs> Todd, uh, I won't put the, the onus on you. Uh, tell us about the, uh, everybody here from Offroading 101 that's on our, our Zoom meeting tonight. Just uh, introduce them and uh, point them out. Anything hilarious that, that they've done, uh, please uh, feel free to share. Oh, my God. Wait you know, a minute. You, you don't have enough time on here, Tony, for me to Time out. <laughs> well, what I'll do is I'll just kind of run through real quick and then let them say a little bit about themselves. Because sure. Because I've got quite a big crew on here. So I have uh, Mike and Sue Gregoric that come in and Mike and I've been together for what? 12, 10 years, 10, 12 years, 10 years, 12, 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. It seems it like 14. Seems, <laughs> yeah. It just seems like 20. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we've done a lot of stuff over the years and guided for Jeep Jamboree and done a lot of separate events and just had a lot of fun. So I brought him, both of them in to help with this, uh, going through the list here. So I got Phil in April who, I got, I sucked them in from taking the first 101 class and now they're coming out there and trying to learn how to uh, help as well. I got Scott Mead, who has been my best friend for, God, I don't know, 40 years. Well, maybe not quite that long, but it just seems like it. And then uh, we're going down here. I got uh, Vincent down here, who is, uh, he took the first class with me back in November of 2019 and has been with me ever since, just going out there and helping doing the guiding thing. So, all of us just have this love of teaching and i'll, I'll sue you or sue mike you guys want to say anything no no we've just been uh once again we've been uh guiding for many years we've had a jeep started with the cj7 in the early 80s we've never been without a jeep in family so we've been off-roading a jeep for quite a while um you know lots of trips to mohab and ure and california and above and montana so we go all over the place and uh we certainly get a kick out of guiding and having a good time. And now, now the the tide has turned. I do most of the guiding, and Sudus does most of the driving, and that's our routine right now. So, yeah, and I've I've caught the bug. Uh, it used to be that I just was a passenger, and Mike uh, let me drive one time. I said, you know, let me drive. It doesn't seem too difficult. That wasn't hard. And- <laughs> 
Uh, so, um, no, I was say, finish that story, Sue. Yeah. Okay. So he let me drive, and afterwards I said to him, Okay, what will make it climb up this rock better? What will make it be more comfortable? I want more power. I want bigger tires. And so I encourage all the women out there to, to drive, and um, that'll help you men get more big, better stuff on your rigs. <laughs> and, and Mike was slapping his face going, why? Why didn't I do this years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was in, that was in Moab about uh, 10 years ago. Uh, absolutely. I, yeah, and I think the part that she's really missing out of that is when he told her what was missing, she said, okay, and was online buying parts on the way home. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that story from the class. So, so uh, before we proceed here, I, did, I do want to uh, sh- give a shout out to Mike. Mike spent a lot of time with everybody standing there at their window, one, one side or the other of the vehicle, explaining what was going to go on so that that people would know exactly what to expect whatever it was that we were you know doing in the jeep and uh giving you hints about how to do what you needed to do and uh well you guys even start with how to adjust the uh, the seat in the jeep you know don't uh, drive around like a low rider you want it your seat up so you can see uh, out of your uh, the windows in your Jeep, I always akin it to something like being a fighter pilot. You need to be sitting up uh, high in that bubble so you can see all around you, so you can have a situational awareness. And uh, uh, for for any of you guys that are thinking about taking an off road course, um, I, I can't tell you how well Todd teaches because I haven't been with him yet. But I suspect this is uh, the same for him. Uh, but Mike in the one hundred and one class takes a lot of time with you, makes you feel comfortable with what you're doing. And um, there's there's no giving you a hard time about your vehicles. You know, we're bringing that out in the show as far as, it, you know, baiting them to say things about the Bronco and so on and so forth. But I am certain if you go out there in your Bronco or whatever else, uh, and if you're listening to the show and you got a Bronco, I want to hear from you. Uh, but uh, don't, go, don't feel like you're going to get made fun of or talked down to out there is what I'm getting to you. We probably can't admit that he's listening to the show, Tony, if he's driving. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It's almost like a renegade driver. Nobody from a renegade would be coming here and willingly uh, say that uh, they have a renegade. But uh, everybody's welcome. It's your own personal choice. We don't. I never want anybody to think uh, that uh, I think that there's something wrong with you because you got something that wasn't a Jeep or wasn't the one of the proper Jeeps. I just feel bad uh, in in this in the uh, the thought that maybe you thought you were buying. A highly, highly modifiable, highly uh, off-road capable vehicle, and you went with something else because you didn't know yet. You hadn't been listening to the show. You weren't part of the the Jeep in the know yet. And uh, but you, you want to run a game? That's what you want to drive around in? Absolutely. That's exactly what you should have. Same thing with the Bronco. I, I'm just not interested in the Bronco. It's not a Jeep. I, I have no interest in it whatsoever, except what they can do to move Jeep to do other things like put V8s and uh, Wranglers. Finally. <clears throat> okay, so okay. when I went out there to the off-road class, one of the first things that I did, uh, or the, the very first um, obstacle or lesson that we had was uh, how to uh, move a, a vehicle out of a, a, like a ditch, for example. It wasn't really a ditch, it was just a low surface at the, uh, at the site. Uh, uh, how to hook up to it and pull it out of this ditch. And I put it up on TikTok, and of course I had no idea what kind of firestorm I was going to be uh, starting simply by having that video up. So I hope everybody got a chance to watch the video that I put up on YouTube today. And if you didn't, you can uh, just go over there to YouTube. Uh, or if you if you have uh, access to the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, 
you there's a link there that you can click and uh, see that video but basically uh, Mike basically was instructing one of the uh, students on how to hook up and um, be w- would you say it was a spotter Mike was she spotting for the yeah absolutely she was definitely a spotter and she was also the main person in control you know she was the head the head honcho somebody has to be you know the head guy calling all the shots and I was trying to teach her and show the rest of the class how to do that and how to be that person yeah and, uh, and the guy one, one thing Tony one thing I'd like to add in here just sure. just to give everybody perspective of what we're doing here most of the people that have been in this uh, or taking this class have never been off-road before never put their vehicle on four-wheel drive and recovery not even an option so what we do is we put them in a recovery scenario and we tell them that little s10 is a hundred thousand dollar vehicle we don't want to yeah. scratch it <laughs> yeah. okay there's no tow points on it and we will answer questions and we let the group figure out how to do the recovery so it's a group think and we encourage them to talk out loud so that they can hear you know the things that that are you know hey maybe i'm thinking partially down the right line and spur somebody else to pick it up and go on and that's really what that whole um event is designed to do so Hopefully that helps put it a little bit in perspective of what we were trying to do there. Yeah, that's great. And uh, um, Mike, you uh, you actually assisted uh, the the one of the uh, people that were at the class hooking up to the uh, the S10. There was already something. I think you guys already had something on the front axle uh, set up, mm-hmm. so nobody had to you know shimmy underneath there and find the right places to tie off to this thing. And uh, the the Jeep that was going to be pulling out was a, a different uh, person from the class, and you had the the Jeep facing away so uh, we were connecting to the rear end of the of the jeep whereas i probably would have done it uh, straight on uh just you know not knowing any better about the reverse gear uh not being the strong gear and the reason why you wanted the the, the jeep that was pulling the s10 out going the opposite direction is because first gear is a better gear is a stronger gear and that meant you needed somebody to watch the the toe strap the thirty thousand pound uh toe strap but let the driver know whenever the, all the slack was out. And so we weren't just, you know, ripping that $100,000 S10 out of there and damaging something. Correct me if any, I'm wrong on any of that stuff. No, you're exactly right. Dude. You know, we, we try to teach somebody with a lot of slack like that to hold the rope up, hold it out, though, in an open hand. So if something were to happen, it's just going to, you know, it's, if he was to take off, it's just going to drop immediately. So not grip it, but hold it in your open palm. And as you, and as the Jeep is pulling, the, the tow vehicle is pulling very slowly. You're talking to it. You're guiding that person up. That person in the rear view mirror could see you dropping the slack to get to the point, then you let it go. Um, and then that's when you walk up to the driver's window of the tow vehicle and you guide them from there and you talk that person, you know, and you coach and you, and you guide them out and what to do. It seems reasonable to me. I didn't see anything wrong with it uh, whatsoever. And in fact, I was wrong thinking that I would have uh, hooked it to the front and, re- and backed out of there. So uh, here are some of the comments that were put up on the uh, the video, the TikTok video that I put up there. And, and if you're interested, uh, you can go to Jeep Talk Show on uh, TikTok and, uh, and see the several videos that I put up from the class. Uh, anyway, uh, this uh, 78CJ says, anyone from the country should know to, how to do this by the time they are 14. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, once again, that's a comment. You live out in the country, you live in a farm. Yeah, you're doing this at 10 and 13. That's a very fair comment, you know, but unfortunately, most of these people never put their Jeep in four-wheel drive. So to be able to show them how to execute an easy recovery and pull somebody out of the ditch, any great Jeep, any Jeep can do, 
it's a very, very, very valuable lesson. Um, and to do it safely. And and to remember that this is a class. We're, we're teaching them. They've never done it before. The person that had the tow rope had it in the back of their Jeep, and it was still in the packaging that they had from the store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, all of this takes time to teach. It's not a real scenario. And had it been, Mike and I have recovered vehicles in 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, that, so, and that kind of goes just, to this next comment, uh, Brian, or I'm sorry, Brandon. Uh-oh. Uh, Brandon uh, G says that took ten times longer than it should had. <laughs> so and that's and that's good yeah, feedback. I mean, it, good. you know, feedback's good, and uh, you know, feedback is welcome. It, but you can't put a value on good class time and teaching people how to do it the correct way. So, yeah. but absolutely, that's I, good. That's good feedback. One thing I'd like to add to that to him, and I and I agree, it's a valued uh, comment coming back. But without knowing the situation that was there, uh, you can't put a time frame on because we are teaching. And what we tell everybody in class is that this is the place to make mistakes. We want you to make the mistakes so that we can show you what you should or shouldn't be doing. Uh, so it's taking long uh, doesn't bother me a bit. It, it's about getting education going over and getting people thinking about what should or shouldn't be done. Uh, and then we have another uh, comment here from user 644. Why would you have the spotter hold the strap? They can e just as easily stand near it and tell the driver when it's tight. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great comment. Um, we've done it that way too, and I've seen it done. Um, once again, I just believe having that person in the middle and seeing both vehicles. And usually if there's a vehicle, somebody in the other vehicle, and that one's going to be used as power to help get out too, it kind of puts them right between and they can see both and see how the uh, strap is coming down. But yeah, absolutely. That's a good comment. And, and just... To go back along with that too, when we're doing that, it's to hold the rope up in the air because when you're talking to the driver or you're talking to the person that's being pulled out, they may not be able to see the rope. In this situation, yeah, the rope was short enough. They could have done that very easily, but you may have a longer rope. It may be over an edge. It may be uh, things around a corner. It is things that you can't see. So what we're trying to do is incorporate visual with the physical so in other words the people can see when the rope is held up high and loosely not grip just held up high when it starts to come down they let go of the rope so that way that they can visually see all right now it's getting ready to be tight because i have seen multiple instances where someone hey pull forward pull forward whoa and they hit it too hard right so it's just another visual aid well, it's easy to may make, or may not be right for the situation. It's easy to make bad decisions when you don't have uh, accurate, uh, good or accurate information. And that's exactly what you guys are doing here is making sure the driver can see what's going on as, and hear from the, the spotter uh, what, what they need to do. So it's, it's more information uh, and, and for a better outcome. So I, I love this name. Uh, this is a, a TikTok name. Your mom, JKU. <laughs> never <laughs> never stand in the direction of a strap get a radio sure i mean it's definitely we talked about that once the strap got i don't want to say taught but i went through probably five or six scenarios would you stand here would you stand over the strap yep um you know and i talked about the danger zone and what you should or shouldn't do so um once again it was a learning moment and that's what we were trying to do it was a one minute clip out of the whole day of training right i mean now i'm sure y'all did a lot more during that whole session on that recovery than that one minute clip oh yeah, yeah it was about 15 minutes total 
Yeah. That's getting, that's getting critiqued. <laughs> I mean, that's some, all right. We're used to it and we enjoy it. Fun. And some of the folks didn't know that it was a, a class. I mean, I don't have a lot of time to sit there and type stuff in, especially when I'm supposed to be attending a class. Uh, so it was pretty much just raw video, and you could hear Mike explaining things, you know, during the time that it was actually being recorded. But it was it was snippets. So, uh, but it, it didn't keep anybody from making uh, 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 pretty uh, pretty rough comments. So Nathan M says, and this is a list. Number one, never hold your means of recovery when applying tension. Number two, never stand in the line of fire. And then he says. Good way to get someone hurt or killed. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Nathan is probably not on TikTok from uh, from prison, so I'm, I don't know exactly uh, what happened as far as thinking that would get somebody uh, hurt or killed. And, and uh, Todd, you mentioned rope, and I just want to make sure that for our listeners here that maybe haven't seen the video, it was a 30,000-pound st- strap. So right. it, 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 I don't want anybody thinking we got some nylon rope out there that we're pulling a, a vehicle out with. This thing was well more uh, capable of, uh, more than capable of lifting that, uh, that S10 and dangling it from a, uh, a proper suspension point. So it wasn't just some rope that we were, we were using. $100,000 rig, Tony. $100,000. Well, and then and the 30,000 pound rope. <laughs> and it got stuck so hard that it lost its engine transmission drive shafts and everything so right so that even made it lighter which makes it safer because it well, absolutely hey tony you'll have to uh, come to the video in 201 where we do the soft recovery of the jeep of the what is it ford bronco or it's a, it's a bronco thank you very much on its side. we do a full soft rollover um when there's, I'm sure lots of people have a lot of great comments on that. We try to teach how to use, you know, dueling winches and do a soft recovery and roll it back on its wheels softly. And that's a fun one. And you have that, to come back and film yeah. that one. I'm sorry. Lots is that, good is that 201 or which one is that? Yes, sir. 201. 201. Yeah, definitely planning on coming back to, to do 201. So uh, never stand at the line of fire. Uh, it's not in the video, but Mike says we need 30, pe- 30 feet on either side of uh of this uh, strap is where you should have and correct me mike because uh, i'm uh, you know you say it all the time i've heard it once uh but you know you you were talking about by staying clear the only person that was close to that strap and and between the two vehicles was the spotter and you because you were instructing yeah absolutely you know we uh for a strap we do 30 or 40 feet danger zone all the way around and we talked about it and you know and the spotter's responsibility to make sure everybody and I mean, everybody is safe and out of that zone before you start moving a vehicle. Oh, and uh, Mike, if you can go for this, just real quick, uh, let people know what you've done, how you know, and how many people you've been uh, responsible for deaths being cut in half uh, by not holding straps properly. Uh, that would be zero. Yeah. So you've been doing uh, off-roading and spotting for a long time. And my yes, point is, is that you know what you're talking about. And if, uh, if Mike tells you all the things that are surrounding how it's okay to hold a strap up so that the, uh, the driver of the, the tow vehicle and, and towed vehicle uh, will be able to see what's going on, you can bet that that's, it's, it's never 100%, but you can bet that it's probably pretty close to 100% safe. Correct. Absolutely correct. All right. So uh, I like this one. Uh, <laughs> Jason O says, all right. Uh, I drug an S10 up a hill, but how many people are going to watch you uh, when you rock crawl? I, I don't know what that means. I guess he was more looking more for a rock crawling there in the video. 
Well, again, if you're not, if he's not aware that it's really a training class, then I've, I've looked at the video looking at it right now as we speak. I, I could see that. He's probably wondering why everybody's so excited about this $100,000 <laughs> S10 that like doesn't even really look like it needs to be recovered. You well, know, get in it, drive it out. Well, Todd, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people, and, and we've had a, close to like, think I think 2,000 likes on this video. I think that people like this because there's a lot of people out there with Jeeps uh, or even any four-wheel drive, and they would like to know how they could use their vehicle and just get it off the pavement, get it off into the grass. Absolutely. And they're very nervous about that. And seeing this, and I think it's 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 fairly clear that it's a training class, especially when you hear Mike explaining things. So uh, I think there's a lot of people, there's a, a great wealth of people that want to go out there and learn how to use their very expensive uh, toy that gets them, maybe gets them back and forth to work, but the, they actually be able to use it off road and have fun with it. No, absolutely. Just like we use that 392 to, um, as a recovery Jeep. And, uh, you know, that was the first time they ever even thought about putting it in four wheel on. So that was quite interesting. <laughs> it was, it was a nice sounding rig. It really did sound great. <laughs> so real quick, uh, we do have a comment from uh, our Facebook live, uh, audience and it says, can we chat about moving rocks on the trails to make it easier to get around? Seems to be a problem in your worry. Uh, OHV trail system in North Carolina. Sure, we can chat. Uh, it's what we call terraforming, and I think <laughs> I, I may know it's what we call it that way. And in the class, it's not an issue. But when you get out on the trail, uh, you know I, what I suspect this gentleman's probably going after is if you're going out on trails, you don't want to go and load up a whole bunch of rocks into an area to change the terrain and leave it permanently that way. If you've right. got to stack rocks to do an, a, a, an obstacle to get you and your crew over it, fine, do it. But then put them back. You know, be respectful of the terrain. Uh, that just It's like a tread lightly principle is what it is. Yeah. And, and you, you, there's no sense in you. I mean, it's bad enough whenever you use a lot of wheel spin to get up something. You're changing the trail for the other people coming behind you. But when mm -hmm. you start uh, cutting trees and and, damage, and taking fences down and then uh, and stacking rocks, stacking rocks to a lesser offense of those other first two, you're changing the way it's going to be for the the people that are uh, out there to have fun, just like you. So, uh, yeah, if you're if you got to stack rocks to go through an obstacle, maybe you should take the bypass. All right. Well, I think we. I think we've beat the beat this thing to death, and uh, hopefully that uh, answers a lot of the uh, TikTokers out there. I, and I really appreciate uh, all of the the likes and the questions and all these comments because they're all valid comments. Uh, that uh, that you're not going to be the only one person thinking this. So uh, we gave uh, our uh, our uh, experts an opportunity to uh, to uh, talk about all these and give the answer, and hopefully. That makes you feel better about uh, you know the off-roading class that uh, that we uh, we attended here this past Saturday. So with it's, that, it's just um, you know one quick comment about you know sure. having you in class was a lot of fun. Um, it was it was really interesting to have you chime in and make comments right along with what we were talking about in class and help out. Um, you certainly helped me in a few scenarios where you know I may have missed something or something and you jumped right in. But, you know, you did an excellent job of just helping out. And, and more importantly, you did a great job of listening. Um, you know, fortunately, we get people who go through class and, oh, I've been doing this, I've been doing this, and they just don't listen. You know, and, 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 it's, and it, the day starts off small and ends up big, and it's building up all day. Um, you were just wonderful about that. I really appreciate that. It was a lot of fun having you. And then uh, we, it's about 
you know, we call it, you know, it's, it's training class, but it's about talking about Jeeps, just getting people out there to talk about it. And you have the whole class listening to you about your experience with Jeeps and what you do. And it just made the whole daggone day better. So I certainly appreciate you having you there. We'd love to see it 201 and 301. Uh, it was awesome. So well, thank you for that. Well, thank you a lot, Mike. And and I purposely uh, made a effort to make sure I listened. I was out there to learn <laughs> uh, and not to talk. And I on the the few instances, the few times that I did say something, and I think I actually approached you later because I wanted you to you know tell feel free to tell me to shut the hell up. Because uh, no, I'm no. not the one. I'm not the one teaching the class, and I don't want to screw up uh, your rhythm or what you're trying to teach. So, uh, and that was why I was asking about that because there was a couple of times I didn't hear anything that you say wrong. I just thought this this might be additional information that that, sure. that they may need. Like we were learning how to get up and over an obstacle, and I'm like I'm thinking to myself, my XJ doesn't do that. I mean, I can get up and over an obstacle, but those fancy things that the JKs and the JTs and the, the GLs do, <laughs> the, the XJ and the TJs don't do that. So if you guys ever find yourself in XJ or TJ and you're thinking, oh, I just do this and uh, <laughs> it'll work like my JL, nah. Uh-uh. He, He's talking about we had all new Jeeps. All the Jeeps were JKs or JLs or Gladiators. Uh-huh. So all of them had the, you know, you, you start spinning one wheel, the computer's going to figure out which wheel to put the power to. It puts the power to and brings people up over the obstacle. It's a real good, you know, interesting way for people to learn and see what their Jeep can do um, before you have to hit a locker button. And we had a few Rubicons that could have done it, but it's just a good way. But yes, if I had some older Jeeps, then I would have been teaching it just a little bit differently. Yeah. But I didn't need to at that class. And there was always a possibility that one of the, the folks uh, could be in an older Jeep sometime after learning this. And I just thought it was relevant to let them know that all Jeeps, all Jeeps don't good do call this. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good call out. So um, let's, uh, and, and I apologize to the, the regular Zoom people in here. It wasn't supposed to be a segment for uh, just off-roading 101. You guys jump in, and I'm sure you got some questions about the class, even if you're in another state uh, that you're not going to be able to, to, don't see yourself driving down to uh, to Texas. This is a, a great opportunity for you to uh, speak to some uh, professionals uh, that, that will teach people how to wheel. Well, Todd said he was going to host a class at Hot Springs. Oh, right, Todd. I didn't say I was going to host one. I said I'm interested in going there. Hot Springs in Iowa. I think that I got a a really good event name: Hot Springs and Bacon. Uh, that's going to be pulling, <laughs> that's going to pull a lot of people in. That's good. Uh, that I have to that say, sounds like Hot that Springs event will sizzle. <laughs> that's going to stick. That is definitely going to stick. <laughs> but I, I did have a question though. Have y'all thought about doing a video series? I mean, you know, everything's now about. YouTube, you said you take uh, at least 150 pictures. I'm sure you do video. It sounds like you've got, you know, the the equipment to, to do some good videos uh, of some of the courses. But, you know, there's there's these 101 class videos you can have. you got videos for how to install an axle. Go to Larry's page. you got videos on how to do ball joints, right? You know, just short little quick clips like uh, here's, you know, the one that you just shared, Tony, they got 2,000 likes, right? You know, if you have that same video, but maybe have more voiceover commentary on what's going on, you probably would have, you know, headed off several of those comments kind of thing. Uh, have y'all thought about that on like a YouTube series or even Instagram or something like that? Uh, kind of that we there. have thought about it. I just haven't had the time. It's, uh, this is actually blowing up uh, or, or the request to get into the class is going much faster than I had anticipated. And I have a full-time job that I'm doing. So this is really only in the weekends. So, it's my wife that's helping with me on the website and getting all the admin paperwork done. And uh, Sue and Mike 
Phil, April, Scott, Vince, all trying to help us get the trainings done. So, yes, we, we want to do it. It's just when are we going to be able to fit it into the schedule? So. Well, I hope the Jeep uh, Talk Show uh, interview uh, really screws you up with uh, no free time. We have the class videos that I do afterwards, all the slideshow projects. But I like his idea. You know, one day out of the month, we, uh, um, you know, maybe work on uh, have a Jeep project, work on our Jeeps, uh, <laughs> film, film me working on it, or all of us who are in Houston to get together and, you know, fix Phil's Jeep because we know we, he needs it. <laughs> Either that or we get together and teach uh, Guy how to keep his rig from rolling on its side. <laughs> <laughs> Guy knows. Actually, we could, He's we got could go experience. Right back, uh-huh. We could go right back, to the, uh, right back to the falls and that trail to the exact same spot. And say, this is how you should go down it. Guy, can I go? <laughs> Guy. Springs, late springs, late springs, late Guy, springs. Guy has been banned from going any place where it says falls. So. <laughs> well, that's I'll tell that. you one thing, Tony. I love having Guy with us when oh, we go out on the trial. Trail is great. Because he serves as an example. Now, I'm not going to say it's a good example or a bad example, but he always serves as an example for us. Guy, where do you normally go when you want to be abused? <laughs> he made our video. That's great. Oh, we had such a great <laughs> time that. with Guy out love, there. Love that skinny pedal. And, and if I remember correctly, Guy was the reason why we had a, a Toyota uh, join us. Briefly, had, uh, had a Toyota join us. <laughs> Yeah, we got a, We put a Jeep Talk Show sticker on a a small uh, Toyota truck that was a gentleman was out there with his uh, with his son. But I think it was right after uh, Guy flipped that he left, and uh, we never saw him again. Yeah, no. Yeah, no he went down towards <laughs> the falls, and you saw Guy on his side, and you saw him driving back up the top by the falls, and you never saw him again after that. His, so when he was driving away, was he going nope? Nope, 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 yeah. nope. <laughs> pretty much. I, I think his uh, his son could have been a little scared too, because he was very young. I think he was like three or four years old, maybe maybe five, but he was very young. So uh, give the toy other guy a break. He was probably just taking care of his kid. No, no, I lost y'all. That's okay. We we assigned all the work projects to you. All the action items. <laughs> Thank you. That's a standard Zoom meeting thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. I put a I put a quick link to a, the video from that. I think it actually starts off with guy trying to get up that bypass on TRO. It's like the opening clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only part it doesn't have is him clearing that first ledge. Apparently, he cleared it like four foot in the air or something. That, that was the one where he cl- he cleared Josh's head at six foot two. He oh. clears. Yeah, the yeah, top that, of Josh's. that's the ledge. Yeah, the first ledge, and then you see him a bunch of skinny pedal. The next, you see. A cloud of dust, and then you see Guy appear. Well, I, <laughs> I will. I will point out. I will in in Guy's defense. He drove that home, so he went out there, had fun, rolled it uh, on its side, uh, all that stuff, and drove it back home to Houston, which is about a three hour drive. That's a real jeeper right there. Yeah. That's a, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we have fun. We have fun with we have fun with Guy, but he did a phenomenal job. He was out there to have fun, and he did. That last that all you see. All you seen was guy coming through the trees and Josh and everybody just scattered. So from the top of the hill, you couldn't see the leap. Well, all you saw was everybody scattering. 
Well, the, the, what you don't see on the video as well, because I think, I don't know if you've got a position or not yet, Larry, but, you know, that obstacle, when I was, I was at the very back, when I was about to go up it, Josh was kind of spot up. There was actually a little ledge before you got to that part, like down at the bottom. Yeah. And he got over that, and I was in the bottom of that thinking about, yeah, I should go ahead and stage, kind of go up, get on there, and got plenty of room, you know, give him room to get up the obstacle. And the, his first attempt, I don't know what it was, but he came shooting out, going backwards so fast. Josh <laughs> had to dive for safety. I think Josh jumped like five feet to the side. I was like, you know, I'm just going to hang back here. I'll just <laughs> I'll, and, uh, I'll come up later. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a saying that we used to have uh, as kids because you know kids were always doing crazy stuff on bicycles and all kinds of crap, and it, it, invariably the story would include and and then he you know went off the ledge on his bicycle and all I saw were elbows and assholes. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually at one point talking about real jeepers too is uh, the guy I had with me. He's like a real old school jeepers, uh, uh, <laughs> and he noticed that guys' taillights were upside down. Oh yeah, like, well, we're, we're we're in line waiting on people to go up the obstacles and stuff, and they're out there with screwdrivers swapping his taillights around because his lenses <laughs> were upside down. I can't go <laughs> <tell> there. <laughs> we had it fixed. Yep. So yeah, it's uh, fun stuff. So what else we got? Uh, do anybody else have any questions about off roading classes? Has anybody taken an off road class? I mean, I, I I've, I've been wheeling for years and years, just uh, not recently. Uh, and uh, I thought the off-roading class was a great thing to, uh, to to go out there and do. Have you have you guys that have been wheeling uh, thought about going out and taking a beginner's course? I, I actually had, you know, I was talking to Josh about this in, in September, about, you know, kind of one of the biggest things when you first start out is they say you always, you hear, take the right line, make sure you get on the right line, yep. make sure you go to the right. What is the right line? Like, you know, when you're first starting out, you're looking at a, a bunch of big pile of rocks or something. I don't see a line. Right. I'm just, you know, following some basic rules, put your tire on the rocks, you know, don't, don't, uh, straddle it or whatever. And, you know, I've been wheeling since this is my first Jeep, right? So it's 2017. So not very long. Um, still consider myself pretty much a newbie. Right. So, uh, is when do you get into like line selection? Is that 301 where you talk about what you're looking for on an obstacle and on how to pick a line? And we, we start talking about lines in the first class. We don't get into it a whole lot, but we start talking about it. The, the whole idea is to, uh, you know, some people say it's like drinking from a, a, a fire hose. Well, it's more like drinking from a, a storm drain during a tsunami. We throw everything at you, but we try to reinforce it with examples so that when you walk away from it, you may not remember it exactly, but you understand it. You may not be able to communicate correctly with it, but you'll be able to replicate it and go through and do it. So, yeah, we do talk about the line. We do talk about all of that stuff in there. And then if they ask questions more about it, we do that. And, of course, seeing some of the lines out there, since we've done it so many times, is really easy to do. And I think when we really hit our first, which is a approach and breakover angling, it's obstacle number five in the class, we start talking about that. And, and we'll show what happens when you take a bad line. And then in 301, what we try to do is we try to have, if people have their spouse or somebody significant other with them, we, we actually have a hill where we actually try to get them out and have them practicing alongside of us of how to guide somebody up the, up the hill or up the, the ledge. Maybe not finding the line, um, but helping them guide and how, what to say and what to do. And it's real good um, practice of 
you know, showing people what to do as far as guides are going. I would say spotting, you know, I've been spotting for years. I've been guiding for Jeep Jamboree forever. Um, I was just in last month in uh, Moab. Um, I got every single obstacle for Poison Spider. Uh, that was my job. I walked most a good part of that that day. And it's just about getting to do it a lot of times. And you just start visualizing. You start seeing it so quickly. And it just pick, you just pick it up. And I just think it's kind of like, you know, seat of the pants time. You know, being able to drive and really get in that driver's seat and drive a lot. You have to get out and start practicing that. And the more you get out and do it, the more you do it, it's like, it just starts to click and all of a sudden you start seeing these lines and it's gets to be quite easy actually the tricky part is trying to get the people to do exactly coming up that line that you want them to come up to that's the tricky part yeah. i would say getting your spouse to listen no. to you is, is the tricky part no sue's got it sue and i uh we actually do two of the obstacles in 101 we'll do one or two of them we'll do them blindfolded we've we've done we didn't do it this class because we just really kind of forgot about it but most classes I'll take her through all the obstacles blindfolded. And it's just about good communication and, you know, moving and spotting and, and you know, driver, you know, passenger, brake, no brake, you know, just move it. It's, um, there's, there's a real, we've been doing it long enough. We're just a good team. So this is no, an we're, obvious we're ploy for more Jeep parts. He's, he's hoping that there's a good chance that there'll be something broken so he can upgrade the Jeep. <laughs> no, my, my Jeep's pretty much, you know, Jeep's are never done, but. No, they're not. <laughs> you know, but um, I'm pretty happy with what I've got right now. I, I, I feel pretty lucky and fortunate. And, uh, you know, more importantly, the Jeep's got 156,000 miles and most of it is at, you know, two or three miles an hour. So uh, we just want to get out there and use it. No, well, with, the, well, with the spouse uh, present, I'm sorry, with the spouse present, do you incite an argument when the driver gets it stuck and. <laughs> Just to add a stress level, I think that's next level driving, <laughs> picking a line when the spouse, and it could be the husband, is yelling at the at the driver that they're doing something wrong or they're going to break it or, you know, just bringing up an old argument. Just so, and it's a stress level, right? Yeah. Well, I, I got to share this one with you real quick. So, uh, sorry, because I, I, I think this is funny. We had a gentleman that showed up in a Jeep with paper tags, he and his spouse. Oh, my God. And he had Nerf bars. For the steps and as he approached this the the culverts uh and started going over it he didn't take the right line and i told him I said look you're going to mess up your steps are you okay with that and he goes absolutely i don't like them and breakage <laughs> equals upgrade i'm like okay so let's go he finished it and he actually put probably about a 15 degree bend in the steps in the back and he was excited. He looked out and said, woohoo. And he opened the door and he stepped down on it. And it turned out that the bolt wasn't tight in the back. So when he stepped on it, it just came right back down and leveled out. And oh, he's like, no. God bless it. <laughs> now I can't upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is a good point, uh, and, I, and you guys may have made it before, but I want to make sure everybody hears this. If you're concerned about having the right configuration, the right parts, the right aftermarket stuff on your Jeep before you go take an off-road class, we had somebody out there that had absolutely no rails whatsoever, and, and right. Mike took them over the obstacle, and uh, what do you, how much damage do you think that was? About five grand? No, probably five or six grand. No, it was absolutely <laughs> zero, but... You know, she had a, a, a new JLU, you know, but I did was able to point out the, the Rubicon rails are just fine that they come the stock, the metal going all the way down the side. It's good solid protection. 
and they're on Craigslist for a hundred dollars. Yep. You know, so I'm going to help her get a set of those and throw them on her Jeep for her. But because she, it's all you need, just a little protection. Yeah. To have none, that's dangerous. But that but, really but I mean, she was able to come out there and do everything. Oh, absolutely. That w- absolutely. It just took us a little. You know, it takes a different, little bit of different line, a little bit of different angle. And, you know, and maybe not airing down all the way. Right. You know, I think we only had her air down to about 18, 19 pounds instead of going a little bit further, just to try to give her that maybe half inch, a little bit more that I could use uh, to get over some obstacles. But no, she did absolutely fine. So don't let that hold you back. Don't let the fear no. of being ridiculed. Don't let the fear of somebody uh, uh, d- disrespecting your vehicle, even if it isn't a Jeep. Uh, don't let any of that uh, or damage, don't let that dissuade you because uh, they do a really good job of minimizing the potential of damage. Stuff can happen, of course, but it didn't when I was out there. And the way uh, Mike knows uh, all the obstacles, I don't think you're going to have a problem whatsoever. So don't let any of that stuff keep you from making 100% use out of your off-road vehicle. Well, one thing I'd like to add to the gentleman who was talking about the line and what is the line and how do you see the line in the class, what we do is I'm the guinea pig. Uh, Mike guides me through <laughs> the obstacle first. And so as you as a participant, you are standing there watching and you can see exactly what the Jeep is doing. You, you can see underneath, you can see the line. Mike points it out. He uh, tells you the breakover point so that you, there again, you're not having any uh, damage to the undercarriage of your vehicle. And then each participant does that obstacle themselves in their very own Jeep to experience it in their own rig. So what she's saying, she's Mike's litmus test, and I happen to be Todd's litmus test. <laughs> <laughs> I agree 100%. Guys, I, I think you, I think you follow me anybody. a couple yeah. times. I think uh, you and I did some Jeeping together, so. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was it, uh, I, I did Todd's first class way back in 2019, and I did it with a stock rig and now well let's just say i spent way too much time with todd and my checkbook <laughs> uh going to foil parts um but even when i had a stock rig mike was out there too and it was just i was nervous as anything but we did everything out there to uh play wise but I came back with no damage that I caused. Um, <laughs> and it, it was just a great time. And I had more confidence by the end of the day. Now, three years later, Todd, it's still stuck with me. <laughs> so I think John uh, actually mentioned this before we got started uh, here on the, uh, the, 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 the part of the podcast proper, the part that all, all the listeners here. He said that uh, his Jeep was far more capable uh, when he got it than he was. And now that he's dropped 10 grand on upgrades, it uh, the, the stock Jeep was still more <laughs> more capable than he is. <laughs> but now it's times Much 10. <laughs> hey, hey, John, I have a question for you. What's up? Uh, you said you're going, you have 48s and you're running 30 and you're running 35s and, you're not, and you don't enjoy that? Because that's definitely what I run. Are you running a four door or a two door? Four door, but I got a manual. And what I don't like is oh. it from first to second so fast. Yeah, so it runs a lot higher. I mean, I wouldn't even say that it feels peppier. I guess it does. I don't, but I think that could just be the fact that it's it's revving so much higher, so faster, right? I don't know if it's actually moving faster, but um, no, yeah. that's only for a couple more days. They're putting thirty sevens on. Okay, Friday. you were on three seven. Really, really hard to find tires around here. 
you were on so, three seven threes before, right? No, four tenths. Oh, okay. Well, I'm surprised you're seeing that much of a difference then. Yeah, well, what's I think forty eights and thirty fives are awesome for off roading. Um, I love it, but once again, that's an automatic. Um, I, I don't have enough experience in the manual to, to just kind oh, of curious. That's true. I can tell you with four tens and that four to one low, uh, I could put it in fifth gear and not touch the gas when I let out the clutch, and it would just go. Yeah, uh, I, I've got experience. A friend of mine has John has a a JK like yours with an automatic, and uh, I've been out with him, and he's been on the radio with just frustration because he's got to have four low for the axle disconnect the lockers. And it's in a lot of ways, certainly in the Midwest where we wheel, it's a little too low. And, uh, and so that's part of the reason. So when I had him put the front axle in here, right? So, I mean, I've, I've had to live for a while and everything else, but I had him disconnect the wiring for the lockers to go to the factory controls. And I'm actually putting a separate switch panel in so I can control the lockers and everything like I want. Right. Yeah, I have my lockers that way too. My lockers are separate switches and I can do, you know, I go, I can have two wheel high and lock in the back if I want and all that kind of fun stuff. It's fun. And you also know in your, you know, do you know in your manual and first gear four low that, you know, you could just start it up without the clutch and it'll just, it'll just start. You know that, don't you? You ever tried that? No, I haven't tried that one. I know. It works out really well. It's great for really tough rock situations and stuff where you don't have to use your clutch at all. Um, first gear low and it'll start just turn the key it'll start right up and start moving right forward and idle it's really a cool thing we, t- we show people a, in class how to do that there's not a kill switch that kills the ignition nope. starting nope it'll start right up huh. only in only in four low only in four gear. low first gear it'll start and it's at jk it'll start right up and start moving it's a pretty mm-hmm. cool trick you yeah, gotta give it a little bit of gas if you're in an incline i've done that with mine i mean you just can't if he's geared down, like, if he's yeah. geared down at at forty eights and thirty sevens, I bet you I'd be willing. I'll put money on he doesn't have to put any gas on it at all. You're gonna have to try that. I'll start right up and idle right, and I'll just start moving forward. You have to I'll try that. It's a really neat trick. Try that and report back to us, John. That would be interesting to know. Well, yeah, I'd like to know get, too. If I can get some damn miles on this thing, right? So, I mean, I've been trying hard, right? I don't. I, I think I've, I'm up to sixty five miles since I picked it up Saturday morning. I'm trying to do the break in on the gears and get to around 500 because i'm really wanting to go wheeling before christmas back up to hidden falls again and um it's uh i'll try that on the going up boss hog instead of going down that last obstacle or go up that first obstacle just see if i can well first try it in your driveway i first try it before you get out and you know try to go yeah don't crazy not on a shelf don't try it on a shelf absolutely (laughs) there's a putting those 500 miles to get those gears broken in we just did that with the gladiator is uh it's no fun. No, it takes for, for me, I work from home. So oh. Literally, in the, I take the kids to school in the morning, but that's like two miles down the road. So I've got, it's a 2017. I picked it up in January. I just rolled over 30,000 miles. It's been to Ure. It's been to Hot Springs and all of that. I just, it spends the vast majority of its life sitting in a garage. So, 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 so John, I just thought of something. If you, if you put it in low and drive everywhere, and four low that's a four to one so one mile will be four miles i don't think it works like that but you know it's funny because the guy that was doing it he was like you know he's did the shop where he's like it's not 500 miles it's not like 500 miles this watermark you get it's he said ish he said the yeah. most important is to get cycles he said get it up to temperature yeah. back down up to temperature back down yeah. good luck josh hope everything works right <laughs> and um basically you know 
getting those cycles is what matters. Not yeah, so much, heat it up. Yeah, yeah cool down, heat like, up, cool down. You can't get on the highway and drive to Aggie Land and back and be like, okay, I got my my mileage right. So you've actually got to you know put short short runs, get it to around 45, 50, 60. Just just get cycles on it, and that's what I've been working on trying to do. It's it's hard. Uh, how many people? How many people think it's uh, this is not the last time uh, uh, John's going to be upgrading his gears? Uh, I'm not saying anything bad's going to happen. I think he's going to get those 37s on there and go. You know, Jimmy's got 40s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fox 13s too. It's going to 48s to Fox 13s. Yeah, so yep. the torque. <laughs> so I think Jimmy went 513s off the bat in his Pro Rocks, right? But you know, I, I, I don't know. I think my problem is like I was telling Jimmy the other day. It's, it's my garage. If I go to 40s, I can't fit it in my garage. So right. 37s, I, I'm hoping I'm still Time can. to buy a new house, man. <laughs> it's tough, it's tough to Austin, air down just to get in the garage. In Austin, there, there's no way you're buying a house in Austin right now, right? I'm lucky uh, I bought mine 10 years ago. Yeah, very true. <laughs> All right. Well, we covered a few things there. Uh, anybody have anything that they want to bring up? I mean, uh, have we all said a prayer for uh, Larry, Jeep, and Mo and his uh, axle swap? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got the shaft in today, so is it right? It all put in, and is it the right one? Hey, come on now, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't measured it yet. I was going to say, have you have you measured it to make sure it's the right length? Not yet. I, I just no, I, I just I, found out. I didn't know that you had been. Have you gone through like what is it, three or four drive shafts, trying to get the the right one for your build? No, so. So we had the yoke incident where I could get the yoke off. Right. And well, when the when the last guy changed the yoke on it, he tightened it down with all the red Loctite, and it it stripped a few threads off. And I've got some of that cleaned off. But I think I'm missing a washer and a few other things for the yoke back on. And I don't want to take the yoke off the working rear end that I have. Right. Because then I have nothing. Right. That's that's kind of like the. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. We call it the Hail Mary run there. So I figured a new shaft on it. So you still can't put it in four wheel, right? No, I can't put it forward, right? Yeah, different gear ratios. ratios. Yeah. Hey, Larry, you've given an all new meeting to quick change rear end, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're if you're a first time listener, basically Larry got a a set of Dana forty fours off of a Rubicon that he's swapping on his uh, his JL, and he's had some issues with the the rear axle that he's putting in uh and i think you found a uh, a slightly twisted uh axle uh rod and uh uh now that you're having some issues you know with the yoke that you were just explaining so he's uh, he's going through uh, quite a bit of uh, turmoil just trying to get his uh, rig back in in working order i mean i think you put the original uh dana 44 back underneath there just to be able to drive around but uh it doesn't match the right. uh, the front uh, the front gear so he can't do four-wheel drive how far are you away from Buying no. a new trust for that original <laughs> rear end and then just swapping the internals. Yeah. <laughs> well the problem is I don't I don't think so everything else on that Dana forty four has been so different than the Dana forty four out of a Rubicon. I don't even know for sure that the spool and everything would fit in there. Because so far everything's been different. The yeah. forty four that they put in there on a JL stock is not as a 44 in the Rubicon and, yeah. and no aspect so far. Now you're getting close. I, I can feel it. I'd stick with the Dana, think, the, the, the Rubicon uh, axle yeah. now. Oh yeah. Like I said, I've had to, I've had to rebuild 
the new lower control arm, so it can't get the bolts out of the factory. So we got new control arms going in it. We got new axles in the uh, in Rubicon, so we'll have new new Molly axles in it and it's trust. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, we've got the front all front's all wired up. So I've got the front wired up. All you do is hit the button and it'll engage. So you know, uh, you just can't shift it into four wheel drive, right? A Pro Rock, a Pro Rock sixty semi flow with a five on five lug pattern. <laughs> it's only about forty five hundred bucks. Only forty five hundred dollars. Well, how much do you see well, happening right now? <laughs> well, well, I, I actually, I actually thought about ordering a. Yeah, uh, you can order that, like you said, that Pro Rock sixty with uh, with a five bolt. That was uh, yep. That was the thought. And that's, well, that's not a thought that I've totally uh, got rid of yet. Oh, that's Larry, you could you could easily sell now upgraded in trust Rubicon takeoff axles as is. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. just sell have those a, and have a friend sell, sell them. That, that, yeah. Ha have a friend sell them so they don't associate that with Jeep and Mo. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> somebody that somebody oh, that doesn't are, listen to the Jeep talk show. These are these cursed axles. I don't want to buy cursed axles. <laughs> so let me jump in here real quick. Normally, uh, when we hit the hour on the uh, the roundtable, I just uh, kind of uh, fade you guys out and close the show. I don't like interrupting the conversation, but I want to do that tonight because I want to thank. Uh, uh, Todd Bacon from offroading101.com uh, for being here tonight. Uh, Mike, Sue, uh, Vincent, uh, I know I'm forgetting some, some folks. Thank you very much for being here and making yourselves available. If you don't know about the, the interview that uh, I did with Todd, that uh, is episode 540 that released on Monday. If you haven't heard that episode, it's time to go back and have a listen. And uh, uh, so just uh, thank you guys very much for being here with us and answering all those questions and putting up with the shenanigans. And you guys are always welcome to come back anytime. And uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to come here and work. You can just uh, have fun and talk crap like the, the rest of these folks do. <laughs> well, you might find I'm kind of like a bad taco. When you think it's done, I just show right back up again. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just wrong. <laughs> you know, I can, I can smell the humor in that one. Yeah. Right. Oh, with, oh. with that said. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> All right, as you can tell, we have fun with uh, with bad jokes and uh, talking to the folks uh, on the Zoom uh, in the Zoom meeting. Uh, Zoom people, self prescribed, uh, subscribed, I should say, maybe prescribed. Uh, Zoom people. So, thank you guys very much for joining us tonight. If you're uh, watching us on Facebook Live and uh, you'd like to tell your friends uh, about something to uh, maybe uh, have fun watching on Tuesday nights, you can actually see us here on Facebook Live uh, Tuesday nights at eight p.m. and sun uh, Sundays. Thursdays at uh, 10 p.m. Yeah, I know it's late. Uh, that's all Central Time. But, uh, hey, it might be worth it. Give it a try. Let people know. Anyway, that's it for the Jeep Talk Show tonight. And uh, catch us. Uh, you can go over to jeeptalkshow.com and uh, see a lot more fun stuff there. We have a Discord channel, uh, a Discord server, and uh, where we uh, kind of have a little, little, these little chats, kind of like the Zoom room, but uh, in a uh, chatty type way, a texting back and forth. Uh, so, uh, if you'd like to join our discord server, uh, have some fun during the day, maybe you're at work, maybe you're, uh, no, no, you can't text and drive, but anyway, you know that what I'm talking about, uh, just uh, go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, scroll on down through there and you will see, uh, how, uh, you can click on the invitation to join our discord server. Uh, and, uh, you can have fun. You can have fun with the Jeep talk show and it's listers 24 by seven. 
almost pretty much pretty much almost anyway you guys have a great night and uh we'll uh, we'll catch you uh this uh, this friday for episode what is it 542 podcasting since 2010